So basically, they end up paying for what they want, not what they don't want. We got it all ass backwards here. These politicians, they say the same thing over and over and over again. Healthcare decisions should be made by doctors and their patients, not by the government. Well, now I know they're not made by doctors and their patients or by the government. Made by the fucking insurance companies. Bloody Black Rum Podcast. I want to play a game. You have been hypercritical of the films that you review. This Halloween, you will be forced to sit through all seven Saw films. Let's see if you can make it through these new metal film films alive. Happy Halloween, everybody. We're a little post-Halloween, but that's okay. We're still going to continue our Halloween series on the Blood and Black Rum podcast. I'm uh, Ryan from MoosedeadWorld.net, and I'm joined with my co-host, Martin. How's it going? Uh, Together, we uh, have been going through all the Saw series so far, and uh, today is our Saw 6 episode. Getting down to the nitty-gritty. That's right. We're on episode 43, and... um, yeah, we've we've come a long way. This is our longest uh, movie th- series that we've done so far. It's beating Jeff Goldblum month. Beats Jeff Goldblum month. It beats the Vacation series that we did. Um, we're not, well, technically, we're still not done with it. Yeah, that's true. Uh, with the Vacation series, we did, let's see, we did regular Vacation. We did yep. the uh, Vacation remake. We did uh, European Vacation and Vegas, and Vegas Vacation. Together. Together. That's the only time we've so far we've done two movies in one. That's it. Yeah. yeah. And we, well, the, the biggest thing with that, doing two movies at once, is that there's a lot of prep involved for that. Like, normally we watch the movie right before we do the podcast, but for two movies, it makes it a lot harder to, like, get our schedules together where we can watch two movies and then podcast. That's that's a lot of work. Like, the last, when we did European Vacation and Vegas Vacation, if you remember, we watched European Vacation and then, like, we had two weeks or so, where we didn't watch Vegas Vacation, yeah. and then we tried to do the podcast, is very difficult. Well, yeah, the, I'm, the, only the, time, only time, the only time I'd say I'd be in favor of doing, like, multi- covering multiple movies in one, one sitting, is if you're, like, doing, uh, just, you know, unmemorable movies that you, well, can, that you can kind of cram in, like... Either that, or ones that we have seen so many times that we know very well, where we can just kind of off-the-cuff talk about them without having to have watch them specifically beforehand. Yeah. Um, like with some of those, we could do like a, like an episode where we talk about a couple of movies because we know them so well. Or the other thing is we could do a list podcast, which we did one time. We did that Halloween for last Halloween. Yeah. We did a list of movies that we thought would be really good to watch for Halloween. Um, so we've kind of done that a little bit. We haven't done that very much, but that might be something to look into if people are interested. Like, um, doing a whole series on like um, like shark films, or doing a whole you know shark, whole se- Sharknado. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, doing a whole series like that, like what are the best shark movies, or um, you know some something to that effect, where you you don't get into the nitty gritty of the films like we normally do on each episode of the podcast, but you touch on multiple ones at a time. So we could, we could look at doing that and at some point. I think it all depends on your style. Yeah, your personal preference. What's preference. our style? 
The nit- I think nitty gritty. That's 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 nitty gritty is our style. That's me personally, though. I mean, I, I am too because if I'm going to talk about a movie, I'm going to spend a while on it. I'm not going to because know. if it's just like yeah, whatever, we probably won't cover it. Yeah, yeah it's not worth. Talking. Yeah, it's, well, it's, at least that's my like because like when it comes to like well, especially like when it uh, comes to like if I'm listening or watching like something on like movie reviews or like a video game review, I do like you know longer in depth. Them going in depth on it. Yeah, just because it's you know to me that like. Holds my and that'll hold my attention more. Like, if but the sh- listicle is in. Like, well, everyone, people I know, go ape shit over lists. But list, yeah, I know. You got ideas for the week? If you're like doing like a weekly like a uh, YouTube thing or whatever, do a list. Just do, like top ten, you know, whatever's. Like, look yeah. at look, look at all the fucking things Watch Mojo does, and you know, mm. or you know, answers, and it's like just each each day, like we're gonna do a top ten. 80s hair metal songs that only reach number 50. Yeah, you gotta do you gotta do something really obscure in order to Well, because you can only do like, you know, yeah. top ten horror films, top ten action, and then like, oh shit, what do we do now? Yeah. It's like top ten B movie plots that involved you uh, yeah. Rip Torn. Or like top horror movies with Linnea Quigley. I'm like, what are we gonna yeah. which ones are we gonna include? Silent Night, Night, Deadly Night? It's the whole list. <laughs> Number nine. No, she did a lot. I mean, she's done a lot, but... No, I know she has. I just, like, just make the whole list. That, yeah. that'd, that'd be great. <laughs> Number nine. That'd be great for me. Just the <laughs> whole thing. Night, Deadly Night, again. Um, that reminds me, before we get into this topic, uh, now that we are post-Halloween, we're, it's November 2nd today when we're recording this episode, um, we gotta start thinking about our Christmas list. Uh, 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 uh. No, we don't. Yes, we do. It's not December yet. That no, you got to get listeners prepared though. You got to have them anticipating what we're doing for December for Christmas. We're doing. I have ideas. Well, there's one we're doing. That there's one know. we're definitely doing. It's Christmas vacation. We missed that last year. We fucked that up. <laughs> we were like, we we're gonna do it, and then we ended up doing well, Black Christmas and Silent Night Deadly. Night. I know. Well, you got all giddy about doing Black Christmas. I yeah, because you hadn't seen it, and it's one of my favorites. So. I know. Well. We had to do it. But, um, yeah, so Christmas Vacation is definitely on that list. We will do that one this year. Um, other than that, I have a couple of other recommendations that we do. One of them is uh, Jingle All the Way 2. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. With Larry the Cable Guy? Is that who starts with that? Yeah, Larry the Cable Guy. Oh, uh, I did watch that a couple well, of Christmases ago. It's very not good. Well, if you're going <laughs> to do Jingle All the Way 2, you might as well just do the first one. That at least it has Phil Hartman in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Probably, you know, one of those we, we might Sin- throw in. In Sinbad. When people, Sinbad. When people thought Sinbad was funny. Remember those days in the 90s? <laughs> at, by the time Jingle All the Way came around, though, was Sinbad still considered funny? It seems like one of those he's got, he's on movies. The yeah, it seems like one of those movies that you take when you're like, Sinbad, we didn't get any other <laughs> offers for movies this time. Uh, uh, you want Jingle All the Way? And he's like, sure. Yeah, you got, you yeah. get the kid that would go on to be Anakin Skywalker. I can't remember his name right now, but on uh, Phantom Menace before, you know, yeah. we all knew him as that annoying little child. No, he's like bitching about how he wants a Turbo Man. Yeah, well, fucking get a job then. <laughs> like everybody else. That's what, Ar- well, that's what Arnold, the dad, would have said in that movie. Like, get a job, son. Yeah. Get a job. I can't get you Turbo Man because I'm too busy doing things to make money. Uh, then I think we will probably do Silent Night, Deadly Night 2, because we have to. You enjoyed Silent Night, Deadly Night so much, the first one. You know, looking back at that, looking back on that, I almost want to watch, like, I want to listen to what my thoughts were on it. Yeah. Because it, 
now it's like becoming like nostalgia for yeah. me just thinking about it. Yeah, it was like, a big thing. Just, I you don't you don't like to listen to yourself though, so you probably won't no, go I back don't. And listen to it. Well, my voice. That that was like the early days. Yeah, that was like episode like twelve or something yeah. like that before we were pumping them yeah. out like a w- weekly. Yeah, it was it was something like that. But if you yeah you should you should definitely go back and listen. Not not us. Not I'm not talking to you, Martin. But listeners, you should definitely go back and listen to some of our older stuff and let us know how we've progressed from those early days of podcasting because like those that was over that was a year ago. Yeah. Oh, I was really close. Episode thirteen. Is is the episode where we do Silent Night, Deadly Night? You know, see if you're a, a true keeper of the podcast, you would be able just recall. Yeah, just re- remember. Yeah, just recall. Episode thirteen. Yeah, retrospect. Uh, in episode twelve, we did Black Christmas, so we're coming up on you know of our year anniversary of those Christmas shows. So, but yeah, so so we have some ideas for Christmas. But um, let's talk a little bit about Saw Six. You are now six movies into the Saw series. We kind of start the, the at each episode with a, a recap of how you're doing, because I know these are taxing on you. They are. I feel like every time you come over now, you're a little bit more disgruntled about doing the podcast. <laughs> you, instead of looking forward to podcasting, you're kind of like, all right, <laughs> we, uh, we got to do another Saw episode. Yeah, well... Um... Uh, this, as I said with the last one, it's a, this is a film. Would you say that torture porn is a genre that you enjoy? No. Not at all. Granted, I don't think up until this point, actually, the Saw films have been very torture well, porn. Well, you said five. Five was pretty I said I know, as well. I, five yeah. is, but this one, compared to five, is way more so. Takes the cake. But even even still, this isn't that bad. It depends on how squeamish you are. Like, like it depends on how, like, how much you can actually watch somebody. Like, you know, obviously, to a person just watching a movie, it's fake. But if you're caught up in the moment, how much can you watch somebody like well, cut a piece of well, fat off of them? Well, yeah, no. Um, I think that whole squeamishness comes from, you know, obviously, you know, it's fake. Yeah, but if you can. If the director and, like, the actors and the effects can make, you know, it believable, then, yeah, yeah you can get caught up. You can get into it. You can you can get invested in it. Um, problem is, these films, at least for me, they don't really do that that well. You can't, you're not even into it enough. No. I can kind of see how that happens, being that I've seen them in theaters. It's a little di- bit different when you're watching in a theater. With a crowd. With a crowd. You're watching in a, you know, a darkened space. It's Halloween every every year that you would go see this. So I can see how it's a little bit different well, no, in that, theaters. Well, that, no, yeah. that, that, I, I agree with that because I can... Comedies. That's a big... Like, comedies... Yeah, one of our favorite memories is watching Jackass 2. And Clerks in, 2. And Clerks 2 in theaters. Because and, it was just so much fun. And, yeah, it was a great... You know, that was a great... Especially Clerks too. That was a great like experience, and I love I love Kevin Smith films. Um, not so much his recent output. Yeah, his um, recent output's going downhill. Um, but I love like you know the View Askew universe. I like all those films, even you know Jay and Silent Bob fucking Strikes Back. But um, watching Clerks two in theaters is great because some of the jokes in that film, when I watch it now, like if I watch it by myself, yeah, I know the jokes are coming, but they're Nowhere near as funny if you don't have you know the like the audience reaction right, too, yeah. and that does help. Um, 
you know, make certain things, hit, you know, certain things that you probably wouldn't find funny. They land. Yeah. yeah a little bit more. Um, and, that, and that, and I agree. That's definitely true with horror, you know, something that you might not find to be scary or, you know, gross. If you hear, you know, 50 other people in the theater going, Ugh, I get that. You're going to probably, you know. Be- yeah. I think there's something to be said about experiencing horror films in theaters as well, especially like larger theaters. I mean, where we go right now, oh, we no. there's no, no, even on opening day for films, yeah. unless it's like a really, really big film. Yeah. There's, there's only like 12 to 15 and people. In honestly that. though, when I did see these saw films, there was a, a large a crowd. People? I remember going to, trying to go to one saw film. Don't remember the number, but I remember that it was sold out that one night. It was I've sold never out. Se- never seen it. And that. that was in the same theater that we go all the time and there's no one ever there. See, like, even, like, when I went to see, like, Star Wars, like, Episode 3 in theaters. Which you would which think you, would be... I saw that, I think, either day one or day two it came yeah. out. And it was full. It was really packed. It wasn't sold out. Same thing, like, when I saw The Force Awakens. It was... It was full. Wasn't packed. Yeah. So when we went to see Suicide Squad, we saw that only a couple of days after that came out. Yeah, you would think that would be really. It was, that was like half full. Yeah, not 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 very much at all. Yeah, so one. so it's yeah. I mean, it there's something to be said about seeing it, but I can see how maybe just sitting on a couch, you know, casually watching it, you're not really into it as much as you would be in a theater. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but I mean, <clears throat> yeah, I think it it, it does get gorier even in saw six than it was in saw five a lot more emphasis on not cutting away yeah they, <laughs> that's a pun but <laughs> uh no they definitely uh focus more especially in the opening uh the opening game they they hammer it like you know yeah like look at look just watch yeah watch this happen um yeah so i mean i i kind of jokingly said that after saw seven we're just going to move right into Hostel, the Hostel franchise, <laughs> Hostel 1 through 3. To which I said, I didn't know they made a Hostel for They did. It never really, it never got a theatrical release, I don't think. Well, who, I, yeah. Probably because Steve was like, why are you going to put this? Yeah. And then, <laughs> like, I don't even think Eli Roth did, um, who was the director of the other Hostels. I don't think he did, did Hostel ha- Part 3. Did he do Hostel 2? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't. I yes, he he didn't do Hostel Part Two, Part Three, but he did do Hostel Part Two, and it was you know Hostel Part Two is basically like the the opposite of Hostel, where instead of male characters, you have female characters, and it's the natural progression, right? Exactly. <laughs> and was Hostel Three then about like uh, I've never seen it, you know, like so, gender? Yeah, like. I have, yeah, yeah, I have no idea. Like mixed gender. <laughs> Here's mixed gender. Um, I don't know because I never saw it because I didn't really care enough to see it after Hostel 2 I was really disappointed because I did like Hostel um, Hostel 2 didn't care so much about it so Hostel 3 yeah and it did get released direct to video which I thought um, so yeah I mean but I was just joking you know we'll move into those after um, I mean I think you may like Hostel the first one a little bit more um, than Saw Honestly, uh, maybe not, maybe not like the original. Well, no, you didn't even really like the original saw that much. You like saw three, right? That was, or no, saw no, four, four saw, was your favorite one so far. Saw one, seen. saw four. Yeah. Those two so I don't know. You may like hostile 
about the same as those. I'm not sure, but you know, I don't know. We're not we're not going to do that next. Well, that's for sure. Hostile Force coming out apparently. Apparently, 2017. So, so that's what IMDb says. Well. I wonder if it's got the same release time in October 2017 as Saw 8. That would be a go-winky-dink, wouldn't it? <laughs> Double feature at the drive Yeah, right? Yeah, right. they probably would do that. Bring the kids. That one, it looks like, is not going to be done by Eli Roth either. So, probably not worth it. Um. <clears throat> anyway, should we take a break real quick before we get into the Saw 6 action to talk about what we've been drinking? Yeah. All right. Well, for Halloween, this... Uh, past weekend we had a a big halloween party unfortunately martin couldn't make it because he works on the weekend so we had it on a saturday and he works on friday in the morning so he's pretty tired when he gets home and then saturday morning he worked as well and so he had to go in early on sunday as well so he couldn't make it uh but i did buy a lot of beer for the party, um, I think we bought like four 12-packs and a Coors pack or something like that for the people who don't like good beer. Um, so I bought a lot of beer and uh, I have a lot of leftovers. And so we're binging on those tonight because what better way to do a podcast episode than to binge on all the different beers I got. Uh, one little side note before we get into what I actually bought and what we have to drink. Um, went to the store on... Friday, and the Friday would have been the 26th or something like that, I think? And uh, 28th. 28th. And uh, by that time, it was super hard to find any Oktoberfests. Well, I told you, even like uh, before that, because uh, I went to, uh, yeah, last week when I did the podcast, I told you, um, I already saw Sam's had their uh, winter pack winter out because I, cause I yep. said it's the same shit they always have except this time because uh, they got, you know, the Boston, Old Fezziwig, uh, Chocolate Bock, uh, the Winter Lager, but they have ginger beer in there now. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's kind of interesting. That's something new. Um, it's, uh, that'll get me at, That'll actually get me to try to, to get, buy that one. I like the Old Fezziwig. I like their winter. I do love the Old Fezziwig. Yep. I wish they sold that actually in 12 packs, but... Um, the chocolate port, they're a little bit tougher for me because it's like, when do you, when, when do I want to find time to drink a chocolate porter? It's like a Well, no, it's their, cho- it's their chocolate box. Oh, chocolate box. But no, even, same but, thing. But same. it was the same even still because it's not really box, it's not really like yeah. a box, so. But, yeah, I saw they already had it out, like, and they had like a one. Pretty much everything is out now for winter stuff. It's, Harpoons, winter warmers. Yeah, out. I, yeah, I saw that too, but. So yeah, I didn't see any Oktoberfest, and it's like, God, it's not even yeah. fucking November it was, it was yet, really and it's hard like, to find it's it. like, oh, this, like, this is when, like, you should be craving an Oktoberfest, yeah. but they're, like, ingraining in our heads now, like, You gotta hey. move on already. Yeah, like, oh, it's all, it's late August, it's still 80 out, get yourself an Oktoberfest, yeah. and it's like, ah, uh, like, I've, I, even though we both, it's our favorite style of beer, um, it almost feels like... In a couple of years, they keep like doing that. I'm gonna be like Oktoberfested out, like, because it's gonna be like, I'm just not drinking it in the right time of year. Yeah, I agree. And I, and I don't want to buy shit and then have to like sit on it and like you know. And when once I get to like the end of uh, October, I really am Oktoberfested out. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm ready for winter, winter beers now. So it's interesting. And they'll have their fucking spring out. Yeah. In beginning of January. Yep. It's asinine. I know that, um, like, I was trying to find the Oktoberfest because it was having a Halloween party, so I didn't want to get winter and, like, holiday beers for a Halloween party. So I looked, I had to look pretty hard, and I knew what I, I kind of knew what I wanted. 
I wanted um, Saranax pack. And I, which I'm surprised you still found that because that was out early, like mid August, like mid August, late August. Yep. Where I was, there was one pack and it was already, it was opened already. It was like totally open. And I was like, I'm getting it anyway. And I bought it because that's all they had. And the rest of it was, yeah, Saranax winter pack or their, just their legacy, whatever, you know, the IPAs, the IPAs and stuff. So I bought it because I wanted it, and I love their Oktoberfest pack. I got it once, and that that was in August when I first bought it. Yeah, because we we yep. yeah we reviewed it on the podcast. And yep. We said how much we love it. It was a great idea to have like just a yep. pack that was margin style beers. Yep. Um, and I only saw it that one time. I didn't actually see it that often like that because that's why I didn't actually get it because when I would like go looking, mm-hmm. I didn't see it. Mm-hmm. That's a terrible thing. I know, I know, but I found it, so I got that. Uh, so I am drinking a Keller beer from that, and I think we talked we talked about it on the podcast yeah, before, we so I won't really go into it that much, but drinking a Keller beer, and I also had a Marzen uh, at the Halloween party, which I, like I, we said before, I love that they have the multiple different Marzen-style beers in there. It's a great idea have, you know, kind of hitting all of that aspect of Marzen Oktoberfest style um, with slightly different variations on it. <clears throat> I love that. More people should do that. Honestly, I just wish they would have thrown in their Darktoberfest as well. It would have been a perfect pack for me. Well, you know, it's kind of like with most <coughs> beers we like. They, it's like you like that beer. We don't. Not, it's not, <laughs> not coming. Include that one. It's not time. coming back. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you like in Saranax Winter Pack their Big Moose Ale? Not coming back. <laughs> I know. Um, I also picked up a Brooklyn Oktoberfest twelve pack because they did have quite a few of those still. Leftover. I don't think a lot. Of, I think the thing with that though is not a lot of people around here drink Brooklyn. Probably not. Uh, it's priced a little bit higher than like uh, Sam's around here. Yeah, most of the time. Yeah. This time it was not. It's probably you know, it was probably on try- sale. They're trying to get rid of it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so I got one of those, and you had one of those tonight. Yeah. Um, and I, and I, I love. I, I like. I like their Brook, uh, their October festival. It's a like, uh, nice balance between like a hop, like a multi, like Sam style, but then like more like a traditional, yeah, lighter uh, Marzen style. So it's you know. And we've talked about that on here before, too. And yep. I said that it's one of my favorite packs of Oktoberfest style. Um, I really like their Brooklyn. Um, and then I also got um, a pack of the uh, Angry Orchard apple ciders. Which, um, it was like a whole style. It was a whole bunch of, like, fall pack styles. Yeah. Um, which I'm not a huge apple cider drinker, like hard apple cider drinker. I don't drink it as much as I used to yeah. or like to. Uh, gives me the shits. That's, yeah. that's <laughs> yeah. uh, keeping it real here. That's, yeah. <laughs> Main uh, reason. Yeah. Hard cider. I mean, that's, that's just true with like, at least with me, like apple, like apple juice and apple. it has that effect on some people. Yeah. So. That's why I don't. I, I really basically just kind of have to be in the mood, though. Though I will say, um, I've been tempted to buy Strongbow cider, just because those hilarious Facebook ads with Sir Patrick Stewart in them. Yeah, fucking hilarious. Have you seen those? I've not. Oh my! Oh, they're so hilarious. Hmm. He's great. It's not that's why he's a, seen it. That's why he's a sir. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I don't. I mean, I had one like one of those, but. We didn't have any to to actually talk about. 
I mostly got those for my wife and some other people that enjoy the ciders instead of I don't even really care for Angry Orchard that much either. Yeah, I mean, I, I like wood, I'm I like, not sure. I, I do like Woodchuck quite a bit. I like Woodchuck and Mackenzie's a lot Mackenzie's, more. good. Uh, just Mackenzie doesn't have that many styles, so that's one of the... That is true. They, got, they only have like three. They got the regular Granny Smith, Black Cherry, and uh, the fall one, which is like, a, you know, like nice apple pie. But yeah, yeah. I actually haven't seen that around in quite a while. Yeah. Um, so they just don't have that many varieties, which is their the biggest thing for them. Or at least they're not available around here. Yeah. I mean, I haven't, like I said, I don't buy. Yeah. I think that I feel like the last time I bought hard cider, it was like two years ago. I bought like a, just a woodchuck variety pack. So I was like, yeah, I really want some woodchuck. I haven't had woodchuck in a long time. Yeah. But. And then quickly, I'll just run through my friend Kevin, uh, who lives in Troy, New York, um, which has... A more variety of beer than we have where we live. Uh, it's about like forty-five minutes away. Um, they have a couple breweries down there actually, and uh, one of them is called Browns, which we've had on the show before. Yep. Um, and he brought the Cream Ale, which we've we've actually covered. We have. Uh, you're drinking that right now. Yep. Um, very good beer. Very drinkable. Easy. I wish more companies made Cream Ales. It's- yep. One of the, as I said before, it's one of the few true American style beers. Mm-hmm. It's great. I like it a lot too. I just uh, wish they sold it in twelve packs around here. They're yeah, only selling six. six packs. Yeah. Yep. And the other uh, things that he brought was um, he had a, he has a growler from Browns. He brought a, a uh, raspberry sour, which is their version of a ghost. Uh, it was really good. It's not for people who don't like sour, obviously. I mean, it's in, right in the title, so if you make that mistake, you're like, I don't really like sour, but I'm going to get this. It's like, well, you know. Because well, you- <laughs> when we were trying the ghost at the, when we talked about it, we went to uh, Beer Fest in Saratoga back in February, and we were talking about all the different beers we had. And you were talking about how you were trying all the different ghosts, and you liked it. I'd be trying them, like, make, you know, lips yeah. puckered, like, <clears throat> yep. Um, I would actually try the raspberry goes though, just because it's got raspberry, so I might, you know, find that more palatable. I thought it was really good. Um, but I, I, I still, I, it totally probably be roulette for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I liked it. I, it may not be for everyone, so just keeping that in mind. And then the other thing he brought was um, Rare Form, which is another brewery that's in Troy. I've never been there before. I don't, I don't I know it well at all. Heard never heard of it. Nope. Uh, must be a smaller one. Um, but he brought a. Growler from there, and it, he brought their um, IPA, which is, I know it has a, a name, and he, he couldn't actually remember the, the, spe- the specific name of it. I think it had something with Beast in it, something Beast IPA, something like that. Um, really good. I enjoyed it a lot. The problem was is that uh, after the party, and you get a growler, you don't finish it. You try to put it in something else, and it doesn't stay very well. So I put it in a mason jar. And it kept okay for like the next day, but I didn't end up having time to drink it because of Halloween and all that. So um, I finished drinking it tonight. Obviously, it was flat. came out more like a green IPA. If you've ever had a green um, IPA or pale ale before, you know that that's not carbonated. That's like the first byproduct of, a, of an ale before it's carbonated. Um, it has a very distinctive flat taste to it. Uh, and green pale ale and stuff like that it's not not very marketed actually it's not marketed at all because generally people like their beers carbonated so um even if you have like a very low carbonation beer i mean it's still 
people still want a little bit of carbonation in there. And you can tell. I mean, when you're drinking a, a flat IPA, like a green, you can yeah, you, you can, can tell it's flat and it does have a distinct taste to it. And I wouldn't say that I like it more than like a regular. I, I definitely want mine carbonated, but I can drink it. I mean, it's not something that I would be like, like dump it out. I, I tried it. I, I actually liked it a lot, even yeah. though it was uh, flat. Yeah. I thought, I, I so I can imagine it being, you know, fresh. It was, yeah, it was, it was very, very good. Be a very, very delicious hoppy treat. I will say I drank it a was, lot. Because it is even flat, very yeah. hoppy. Yeah. It was very hoppy and it was, it was it was good. I will say that at the party I drank a lot, got pretty drunk, and... Make it sound like you're drink for the first time oh, I got, no no i, I just, got i got drunk that night no they know i drink get drunk on the podcast pretty much every week <laughs> but this is more so than normal <laughs> so yeah well i was you, sleeping you missed a party i was sleeping you missed a party i was sleeping like a, like a baby lucky for you not really because yeah. I, I worked you 14 hours the didn't next day. get much sleep the night before so Alright, let's let's do Saw Six, man. It sucked the end. <laughs> Didn't you say that about Saw Five? I think you did the same thing. Yeah, well, um, this follows in its footsteps. Yeah, <laughs> I could see that. I mean, so really, we're we're working off now. We know that um, you know Hoffman is now the main guy. Is the guy that's putting all of the the traps together because. Surprisingly, sauce the rest of the Saw series once Jigsaw dies doesn't really double back on like oh let's do a prequel you know let's do some you know a prologue video. I would at this point I would almost prefer um, with all the flashbacks they have to just go back just do a fucking prequel yeah and then because now you have these ninety minute films with about. 15 plus like 20 minutes is dedicated these past three films to flashbacks. Yeah. They should have just done like a prequel like for make Saw 5 be the like or Saw 4 or whatever be the prequel and then transfer into Hoffman's story. Like yeah I mean because it's surprising because what makes up Saw really is, is Jigsaw the character. He's kind of like the main villain like you would think of Michael Myers as well, like, well like I said it's almost series. it's like they with like probably Saw 2 they signed Tobin Bell to like a 7 movie contract <laughs> and then so they you know weren't paying attention nobody was paying attention they killed him off in Saw 3 and like shit what do we do now we you know we paid him all this money to be in these movies alright well we gotta just fucking have flashbacks of him now yeah I mean I think that what happened really was that they did some silly things with the writing. They, I don't think they really did know they were going to be back each year. I mean, I think they may have had a feeling, but they didn't. I think they did because again, these films are only made on like a $10 million budget. Yeah. They're making like 60 million. Like I, I was reading online. This is like the lowest grossing saw film to date, mm-hmm. but it's still making like six times its budget. Yeah. 27 million on, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it had an eleven million dollar budget and it grossed it's, it made over double. Yeah. Double its budget. So Lionsgate being Lionsgate, they're gonna pump out another one. I mean that's yeah. like a guarantee. I just think then that if it was planned that way, 
they did a very poor job of structuring the plotting because you can just see, you can feel once you get into these, the the plot is just getting more and more convoluted, more and more like over overwhelmingly like, okay, you're just making this shit up now as you go along where if someone had planned it out and like, a, you know, okay, here's what's going to happen in four and here's what's happening in five. It just seems like it wouldn't be that messy if they really, really had planned it out. But not only that, like, this is, like, I was telling you, this is, like, at this point, like, when it comes to, like, trying, like, oh, what's the twist gonna be? Checked out. I don't even fucking care anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm not even trying to, like, follow along and, like, try to f- figure it out anymore. Because it's not, like, I don't care. I think that a big part of that comes from the way that the other films have sort of, like, yanked you around. Because... And the repetition of them. Because, alright, so the the first twist was that Jigsaw has an accomplice, and it's Amanda, the woman who survived his trap. Well, no, technically the first twist is Jigsaw was in the room the entire time. Well, yeah, yeah, but I, I meant after that, yeah. as we're moving on into the sequels. So, okay, that's a pretty big twist. He's got an accomplice. Yeah. That's a pretty big twist. But now, when we get it to Hoffman, he's got another accomplice that's helping him. It, that's not... It, that's, that doesn't, like, come off as, like... Astounding! I, know. I can't believe no, but, it. No, but but like, but the reason is like, Jigsaw's got another accomplice. Why? Somebody do the fucking lifting. <laughs> yeah, right. It's, yeah, the the big guy who can do lifting. It 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 doesn't come off as something very impressive. It's like okay, I mean, they did that before. It's, it's not like anything's changed. And now when you're like getting to more twists. What's there to do but just add more people who are helping Jigsaw in the back end, right? I mean, and we get to Saw Six here. Um, spoiler alert: if you haven't seen it, you know, seven years later. But um, there is another accomplice who is helping Jigsaw after his death because of his will, and it's... it ends up being his wife, who hasn't really participated in the games. Which is, stu- by the way, stupid. Yeah, stupid. Because throughout the most of the the movies she's upheld her innocence and not, not com- only that, completely not only that, against his games. Not only that, she separated from him because of his distance and, yeah. you know, left her, her, the man she loved who's dying of terminally, like, has a terminal cancer, left him because of how he changed, wasn't himself, and was a shell of, him for, of his former self. She left him. And, and now, now af- after he's dead, she's like, Oh, all the good times we had. Okay, maybe I will help you kill some, you know. One of the good times being getting slammed in the belly with a door. Yeah. (laughs) That's the flash. That's one of the flashbacks. And then, like, just, again, it's like they're looking back at past films, like, uh, things that weren't really shown or explained that well, and like, oh, we could use that for a twist. So, Agent Perez from Saw 3, who got a fucking, you know, shrapnel blown into her face. Like... Oh, she she's actually alive because we didn't show her actually die. Yeah, we just show her get carted off to a hospital. So we didn't say she died, so she's back. You know, only to be stabbed brutally for no like. So that whole her being back was pointless. I think I get what you're going with going for here. Is that yeah? Like why why look for those long game twists when it doesn't really seem like there is a like a long game. It's more so like. All right, let's look. You know, I, I what the writers are doing is all right. Let's look at the previous film. Where are like some of the loopholes that we could get around 
what the audience's expectations are, like you talked about with Perez. For most people, and for her to be missing throughout all the rest of the, the saws that we've seen since then, we're obviously going to assume she's dead. Nothing. There's nothing, literally no hint that says otherwise. Yeah. There's no way you can see that coming. She had shrapnel blown into her face and neck and... Yeah, it's not a twist in so much like where you're talking about the sixth sense and you say, okay, the whole time I have been privy to the evidence of... It's, yeah. You know, that Bruce Willis is a ghost. I have been privy to that. And then when you look back and you you see all those things that happened where it makes that you know, a reality, yeah. a, a, the twist come to life, then you're impressed. You're like, wow, you know, I, I should have caught that. I didn't. Yeah. And that's, and that's what makes a twist good. If the yeah. information is always there, but it's hit, so it's hit, it's hit, it's hidden in plain sight mm-hmm. where again, six sense is a great, is a great example. Cause even though I don't like M night Shyamalan's films at all, six sense is a good film because all that information is there. Mm-hmm. The entire film and then when you find they get that twist ending, it's like, holy shit. Yeah. Same thing with, like, the usual suspects. When you got the, all that information staring you in the face, but at the end, you get the twist that Kevin Spacey, you know, the crippled retard is actually, oh, he's actually the mastermind behind it all. You know, it's a great, it's, that's a great twist. It's because it's, it's all there. Yeah. I mean, this part of it where Perez comes back and saw six isn't so much a twist as it's just like, it, oh. we didn't tell you. About all this stuff, but yeah, it's happening, and just go with it. That that's pretty. Mu- that's what it. The Saw series is now expecting us to do is just go with it. You know, just just go with all this stuff that we're telling you. That's why they're giving us flashbacks because it's like, otherwise, if we didn't see those flashbacks, we're gonna question literally everything that's happening. But not only that, those flashbacks we don't add anything because they mainly they f- don't. Yeah, because they, like I was telling you. Saw has gone from being about Jigsaw being a man who had cancer and because he was dying of cancer and nothing could be done about it, that he wanted to show people how to truly appreciate their lives. Appreciate their lives because they don't know how good they have it. Yeah. And then as the films have gone on with Saw 2 and Saw 3, you have like, oh, he had a wife and... They were going to have a baby, but then she got killed. So that adds on to that extra layer. That's I'm fine with that. Like, the the whole him being married to Jill, and they were going to have a baby, but the baby gets, you know, killed. And because of that, that's where he starts to, you know, say people need to help themselves, and they need to learn to appreciate what they're given and appreciate life. And now as it's going on, and this, like, when you get to this film, it's like, the politicians are fucking me. This, the insurance companies are fucking us. They're, you know, it's all, you know. Yeah. So it's now it's like, oh, he's like a fucking martyr now. Like, it goes along with our quote in the beginning. I mean, he's talking about the insurance companies. This is a very, very topical film because the entire premise of the traps in this film that the ones that, I mean, Jigsaw, but really it's, it's Hoffman. Hoffman is running is based on the fact that an insurance company guy, the CEO basically, where Jigsaw can walk into the CEO's office. Not just Jigsaw, but anybody who anybody, yeah, who's anybody got a policy denied their their policy can walk into the CEO's office and just say get like give the reasons why he thinks they sh- he should get his 
insurance uh, coverage, um, which I work in healthcare. I can tell you that that is never going to happen. You're never going to be able to go to MVP and say, I want to speak to your CEO. And then the guy, like, oh, they, sure, sure. They, let they, me just call, wanna, call up. And, yeah, I want to speak to the guy that came up with the formula that says, you know, if you got this type of cancer, you have this chance of living, and yeah. therefore we won't cover your, you know. Let me just say, good luck, actually, like, good luck trying to call on their system and get a real person, for one thing. And then when you do get that real person and you ask for a CEO, they're just going to put you on hold for forever. You're never going to get anywhere. So that does just does not happen. Maybe in 2009 when the healthcare industry was a little bit different. Maybe you could then. I can't speak from experience at that time. Well, before Obamacare. That's right, fucked Obamacare. Fucked everything up. But, I, I, you know, I can pretty much say that no one, no one gets to go in and argue their, their healthcare coverage with the person who made it. <laughs> it, it just doesn't happen. Um, but anyway, the whole idea of the, the traps in, in this film is, is predicated on the fact that Jigsaw, uh, was going to this umbrella corporate, no, sorry, that's Resident Evil. I know. Umbrella I, healthcare. I know. It, it, wow. I mean, I kind of, I understand why they're called umbrella. Cause I, I get the idea. Like they're called umbrella insurance. It's like, we yeah, it's co- like, like we cover everything yeah. except for the things that you, yeah. you have. Yeah. So I, 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 I get what they were doing like with that. Like I can, you know, see that and mm-hmm. it makes it funny. But at the same time, these films are getting released at the same time fucking the Resident Evil films are. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, well, you know, yeah. I expected Mila Jovovich to be like one of the secretaries, you know, and be like, do you want me to show my tits now? You know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but so Jigsaw goes into this office and talks to this guy named William who has come up with this algorithm that calculates the risk of a patient to get some sort of chronic or terminal illness that will take them out of the insurance coverage because obviously insurance cover, cover carriers, they don't want to cover anybody who's going to get terminally ill and have like a multitude of bills from hospitals and shit like that because that's just, you're not going to make any money that way. Uh, which, I mean, is not so different from what healthcare is now, except we have laws that require no, you know, no pre-existing conditions and um, please vote to keep it that way. I, um, which, which is, by the way, which is funny when you speak of that, because I took in college an economics of baseball course. It was about the economics of baseball and just how, like, we learned how, like, how we contract negotiations and, like, MLB's, like, specific standing and how it could be, like, a legal monopoly. And my professor for that was... An economist, obviously, but he specialized in healthcare costs. He's been in, in like health, the healthcare industry, and he's like, I tell them every fucking year that I don't want to do this goddamn class. I'm sick of teaching it. It's such a useless course. We should be teaching something like healthcare, how that works, and so people can understand that. But nope, every asshole signs up for this course, so I got to teach it. <laughs> and looking back in retrospect, it's like, man, I wish they, my, you know, I went to uh, Oswego. I wish they offered like an healthcare economics class because yeah. that, that would be interesting and helpful and insightful yep but no i people just you know think you know hey an upper level economics class and it's just on baseball how hard can that be so that's you know yeah i know that's my little tangent but i just find i found that funny because it's like because i took that course around, again around the same time this film came out so it's like yeah you know. so william is like um you know your typical stereotypical asshole who's Basically chortling as people are walking out of his office, like, <laughs> Not, yeah, dying of, of terminal <laughs> cancer, because he's like, I'm just making the money! 
<laughs> you know, he's like uh, he like just, Scrooge McDuck with his need, little coins. He, like, just, he just needed a twirly mustache yeah, and like right? a top hat. Like, but the thing with that, too, is that they try to make him seem like, okay, maybe he does feel a little bad where he's sitting in his office in the dark and stormy thunderstorm watching the news and... Maybe he does feel a little bad about not covering people, but then again, he's literally walking into basically a Wolf of Wall Street situation, and instead of stocks like rising and falling and people selling them and rejoicing over the amounts of money they've made, these are uh, what he calls is the dog pit of six people who are going through everybody's medical records like gleefully looking for any sort of pre-existing condition that guy had asthma. Well, he's not covered anymore. Or, or yeah, like or any discrepancy. Like, oh, he didn't fill out, fill out the right form. Your policy is canceled. Yeah, like no. I mean, I'm pretty sure if you're doing that, you don't really feel that bad about anything, you know. But so the whole game is basically centered around William, who has been this guy who came up with an algorithm that doesn't factor in a person's. Uh, chance of survival based on how much they care about living. Like, you know, if you have terminal cancer and you are like so bound and determined to live that you look for any sort of way to overcome that illness, like Jigsaw does, where where he brings yeah. uh, a specific uh, treatment, yeah. experimental treatment to the guy and he says, no, I don't think that'll mm. work. Um, this is basically a way for Jigsaw to make a game centered around that where he shows just how much people can fight for their survival. That's what it's meant to do. And he, and then also force him to make decisions where the people are right in front of him about who lives and who dies. But um, the thing with these games is that now Jigsaw is kind of sounding really whiny. Like, he's not so much really testing people because he cares to make them learn He's testing people who caused him any his sort of chance of yeah, yeah. any his chance of survival, and that's different than where we started with Saw because Saw was literally like Amanda had nothing to do with Jigsaw. Just, that was just yeah. a person he knew. Well, I mean, he before met, we before we got all these flashbacks yeah, in later movies, it was just, uh, she was just a heroin addict, you know, that he knew of, and he decided, okay, I can better her life by giving her this, this trap. No, if she does yeah, if she doesn't live, that's, you know, through the trap, it's because she didn't have the will to, you know. Yeah. She, you know, that's her. It was her chance of survival. She didn't, yeah. she didn't succeed, but if she does, then she's changed. Yeah. She's turned new. She's gonna learn, like, I sh- better not be shooting up with smack anymore. Yeah. Now, in these games, Jigsaw has made them all about himself. Because... Pretty much every game that we've seen play now has has something to do with himself. Uh, this doctor didn't treat me well, so now I'm putting him in a game. And this, you know, this insurance guy didn't cover me, so I'm putting him in a game. And it changes the dynamic of what Jigsaw stands for. Now it seems like he's just as obsessive as Danny Glover was in the sec- You know, when we saw him yeah. in the first film or when when he was tested. Or when he tested the uh, the cop guy um, in Saw Four, Four um, which Riggs yep. was his name. Um, now he's just as obsessed. So one could argue that he's a hypocrite. Yeah, he's a hypocrite. He's doing the exact same things that he's you know judging other people for, and I don't like that about this. What they're making his character into, even though yes, Hoffman is pretty much coming up with the games and running them. 
This is still Jigsaw's and idea. I don't know. Well, see, I don't know that much if it's his games and traps because, as you see, there's certain folders that he's given from Jill. Right. Um, that were that were from Jigsaw, Jigsaw before he Jigsaw. died. So they could all be because they have like pictures of the people. So all the games and stuff could be set up already. They're already pre-designed. Yeah, yeah, by Jigsaw, and he's just enacting them. Yeah. But again, at the same time, this brings the whole point. Why is Costas Mandalore still fucking? Going along with this shit. Yeah, Hawkman. Then they slightly head towards it, because like, he, he does enjoy to see these, you know, people, these people that he sees that are wrongdoers suffer. But that's, like, very lightly touched upon. Like, when you have, the, in this film, the confrontation, because they bring back Amanda in a flashback where... So it's basically from Saw 3, where they're yeah. setting up the uh, trap where the, the uh, one uh, drunk driver is being twisted yeah. on the on the... Rack. And, you know, um, because he's in a, Hoffman, which this is pretty hilarious, too. Hoffman brings him in a freaking wheelbarrow, and he's like, you know, he's drug, he's unconscious, and he's like slumped over, and he just nonchalantly dumps him, like it's, it's like a pile of fucking leaves that you're dumping into, like, off to the side while you're raking leaves, and the guy just tumbles, you know, and just limping. Hoffman's just like, you know, about it, and Jigsaw's like, that's a human being. Yeah. You know. And Hoffman's like, come on, you know, you want to see them suffer just as, you know, these people suffer just as much as I do. And that's and that's basically all they, they hint towards. It. Like, like, yeah, he wants to, you know, he wants to see people he thinks are bad guys, you know, suffer. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That's and his that, motivation. So is that like his sole motivation now? Because if, if you also think, too, that he doesn't want to get caught, you'd be like, Hmm. Do I want right. to try to do this for? Yeah. Four, you know. Yeah. Exactly. Because Jigsaw's dead. Yeah. He's not going to be tested, basically, unless you know he left another game for Jill to play. Like, oh, you know, you actually, if he doesn't do this, you need, you need to do it. I know, but what's holding her from doing it? Because, yeah. like, at the same time, Jill, as I said, as we said, has maintained her innocence from Saw Three on, and has said how she has nothing to do. That wasn't the John I knew, and, and she didn't. And, you know, and even. She yeah. did, she doesn't believe it, and she still doesn't in this believe it. But because it was John's will and his will, you know, for this to happen, she is like, "Okay, I'll do it." Yeah, it's kind of a complete contradiction of how you really feel about what he was doing. Yeah, um, yeah. So I mean, I, I, I yeah, I, I don't think that there's a very good motivation for Hoffman. Um, maybe they're just trying to think, act like he's crazy. I mean, he does kind of target Amanda for no reason, really. I think that's more because of a liability. Yeah. I think with that, he probably sees her as a liability of, you know, former fucking junkie. Yeah. If, great, great. Great. If you're thinking about it and you're in that situation, I'd probably be like, I want to keep that circle as small as possible. So if you, I would probably be like, you don't need to be here because you're, you know. Yeah. And if I was her too, I'd probably be thinking the same thing about Hoffman. Like, you don't fucking need to be here. You're a liability. Yeah. It's true. So. Yeah, I just yeah, it's, it is hard to figure out what Hoffman stands to gain from all of this, and he could have had an easy way out after he, um, in the first well, if he had actually killed Strom, he would have had an easy way out, and that would have been it. Could have been it for him, done. But and even even then, even after he actually did kill Strom, if he didn't plant the evidence on the bodies, if he didn't make a very obvious, uh 
fingerprint of closing the eyes of the victim, which was really unnecessary anyway because the inspe- the uh, his captain already in- uh, expected it to be Strom for whatever reason. Well, not, well, not only that, Hoffman's been a detective for like 20 years. Mm-hmm. And yet, when they... The big reveal in this, too, is that the FBI agent, and I... Perez, and I can't remember what the fuck, Mr. Mustache. Erickson. Erickson. When they're like, they lure Hoffman... To, uh, like a... Like to, a the lab. The lab that's... Uh, to, uh, like a they sound found, lab. Because they found uh, the tape from Saw from Saw 4 of the first guy that Hoffman killed and he did it out of vengeance. Which, that, that again, I, I did forget that the first one, the guy that he killed, was wasn't connected. Was it, well, I remember that, but it wasn't connected to the Jigsaw. He was just trying to make it look like Jigsaw so yeah. he had an alibi. But they found the tape and they're analyzing it. To, like, oh, we can scramble the voice, you know, to m- figure out who... Uh, what the actual voice is, they lure him down to the sound lab so they can, like, reveal that, like, oh, we know it's you the entire time. It's not Strom because Strom wanted, you know, don't... Well, they, the biggest evidence that they had was that this the hand that Hoffman used to plant Strom's fingerprints on the, the body was actually dead. So it had no... Um, it didn't ha- It had too much uric acid, or not enough uric acid, or... I, I think it was too much uric acid, uh, which wouldn't be present in um, a bo- like a living body. Yeah. So they knew so, that the fingerprint was... So bringing to my point is, Hoffman's been a detective for 20 fucking years. You don't think he would have had enough interaction with, like, the CSI of that town's, you know, police force to know, like, something like that? Like, yeah. Well, it's, it, he may, that, not, that, have, he may so, not have known... About that part of it, because it's kind of like a, a chemistry sort of like... It, I know, but um, again, de- aut- but detectives would have be talking... Like, there would have been some case along the line in his like 20 fucking year career where it would have been like, oh yeah, you know, this fingerprint we found is from the... Uh, was made when the person was deceased because of this. And yeah. That, that to me just doesn't make any sense, because again, he's... I'm not. I'm not sure. If Twenty years is correct, but he's been a cop for a very long time. They've established yeah. that, so it's well, not. It's not like he wouldn't know. Sir, like he would. He would be better at covering his tracks than that. What made less sense to me was then when after he kills all the FBI agents like Erickson and Perez, um, and the, the one random lady that was yeah, no, and the tech lady that was there. Uh, he, and they just, just got done telling him that the, yes, they figured out that Strom was already dead when they planted the evidence because of the, the hand's fingerprint. He does it anyway. He, he replants evidence with that hand. Like you didn't learn from what they just told you that if anybody finds that fingerprint again, they're going to know he's still dead. They're still going to know. And well, he burned the place down. So that's supposed to be like the. You know, destroying evidence. like. But why plant the fingerprints first if you're going to burn it down? I don't know. I mean, I guess because... I don't know. But what doesn't make even more sense is why they would lure him down there. Yeah, and so just be like grabbing him. When... Arresting him. I mean, like, you're under arrest, you know, for being the jigsaw killer. They could have, Even if they didn't have evidence, which they were working on as they spoke, like which, it... poor timing... Why would you bring him down there when you didn't have the recording of his voice yet? 
Right? Yeah. Because she was working on it as they were doing it, yeah. even though they said before they had the evidence. But not, but not only that, but not only that, like again, like so. If you, okay, you don't have a warrant to arrest him. Wait for the warrant and just arrest him. Don't be like try to be tough guys. Like I'm gonna corner you. Like yeah, it's like what do you think he's you know? Gonna well, do? even then, yeah. Like what what would they do then? After they still didn't have a warrant to arrest him, and they said we know it's you. It's like mm-hmm. well, what he if uh, the Does only it, way that it's gonna happen is if he confesses and he's like yeah, it was me. Eric, what else did they think was well, going to happen? Well, Erickson was going to grab him like Al Pacino in The Godfather Part <laughs> 2 and be like, I knew it was you, Fredo, and like, kiss him like, you broke my heart. But yeah, that's the thing, though. Like, what were they going to do instead? What was the plan? There was no plan. There was no plan. It was just so you can kill two people. Which, again, the whole point of Perez being, like, revealed to be back was stupid because she's just, she's just there to be like, yeah, I, knew, I worked with Strom for five years. We were partners. He was a hothead, but... It really was a psycho, and then and that's and then it. Dropping those hints, yeah, like acting very like hinty, like yeah. I know it's you, I know it's you, Hoffman. So like, yeah, but even you didn't need to have her be there. You could just have Erickson be the one, be like, wait a second, I got bamboozled because the ending of Saw Five made no fucking sense. Yeah. You know, you know, like like I've been had now. He's you know. Yeah. So I think we've established that the plot in this film is really. This is more of a clusterfuck than Saw Three and Saw Five. It's a it's a very uh, strange brew of things because William's game is basically it takes precedence, but at the same time, it seems like it's not very important in the scheme of things because it has nothing to do with the rest of that stuff going on with Hoffman. Really, it do- it doesn't really matter. Like they could. St- it's just that the fact that they needed more traps instead of having an entire film about the police force trying to figure out that it's Hoffman. You know, they needed like a side game to go along with that. And well, because otherwise you have a twenty right twenty minute. Movie. You don't have anything going on because yeah, there's no real movement. And how I mean, we know that in in the scheme of this movie, only like maybe two hours takes place. Like, this is only moves, like, two hours of time. That's another problem. And I've mentioned it before throughout this entire series. Saw has a very, very bad time trying to track time. Right. How many months have gone by since Jigsaw's been dead? See, it was... I don't know. I I, I honestly don't know. Like, the spatial awareness in this franchise is terrible. Yeah. It seems like certain things have happened just days before, but it's like, oh, apparently maybe it's been, like, months, because, like, yeah, oh, yeah, in the recent months of John Kramer's death, a.k.a. Jigsaw Killer. It, yeah. It, uh, it's like the film has no real awareness of its space and time at all. You were saying it, that it doesn't make a good case for how big its city is, either. No, it doesn't, because it's like, it's basically as... Uh, Hoffman gets the call from Erickson saying, like, hey, we need you to come down to the, uh, down to the, talk to us. It's very, it's time-sensitive information. And the game that, uh, Williams is playing is, uh, six, he has an hour to complete the game. And it's, like, 38 minutes when Hoffman's like, yeah, I'll come down and talk to you. And it's like, okay, so apparently he's gonna get from wherever a butt-fuck abandoned factory in the city that he's in, running this game, get to the, whatever police station they're at, and then somehow make it back. 
doing whatever the hell he's doing, which I guarantee is not just stopping for two minutes to be, have tea and crumpets and then fucking leave, and he'll get back in time for the game to resolve. Yeah. What city does he... I, seriously, like, oh, it's 10 o'clock and there's no, not a god... Not a goddamn person on the, on the FDR tonight, you know? Yeah. Yeah, they don't ever say what city it is. It's just the city. Even still, it doesn't matter. It's, it's yeah. just like... Sense of space and time is really it, weird. It makes no sense. Yeah. And it's, again, like, how how long has this is this film taking place after Saw 5? Is it right after Saw 5? We don't really know. Like, and again, none of the events... Like, they just don't feel like... Like, in Saw, like, 4, when you find out that Matthews is still alive, like, does it really feel like months have passed since Saw mm. 2? No. It really doesn't. It feels like it's probably been only a couple of days, but they kind of, and, it fe- and the, they, the way they portray it feels like a couple of days, but they mention, like, oh, Eric Matthews has been dis- gone for five months. Yeah. Or whatever the hell. He can't possibly be alive. Yeah, so. yeah, they do. They do say that. So they give you, like, that kind of... Sense of time, but it's, yeah, I mean, it feels timeless in the fact that, like, this has still been going on, and apparently the police force really sucks. They really suck at figuring out things. Because they don't figure anything out until new stuff happens, and even then, they're still at a loss for what's going on. They, I don't know. It's just like, what? what, what? it basically, I could describe every film after Saw 1 being, like, kind of like, cops just being like, what happened? Mm-hmm. Oh, we'll say good on them for not using the SWAT team in this film because they finally got some rest. They got some of, rest. Instead of making no, five... No SWAT teams this time. Instead of making five different trips, you know, out at night, like the, the busiest SWAT team in America is they get a night of rest. That's right. So do you think that the uh, insurance company trap guy, does he really need to... I mean, is there really a point to him being in this film besides topicalness I think that and just I mean it shows Jigsaw's like like you said it's, I think it's a regression of his character it's yeah. just him like being petty and again when you think about it too the people that are also in the traps that are he's gotta play they're just innocent people well like in this one so, so, guy, that, yeah. so again if these ga- if you think that Hoffman, Costas Mandalore's character, is the one that set the traps. I think it's Jigsaw, because he's the one that's planned everything out. Yeah. So, Jigsaw's whole thing, like, it's not, he's not gonna hurt innocent people. So, even if this guy is a smoker, and, like, he's 52 and he's a smoker, he still smokes, you know, he's got high blood pressure, I don't think that'd be on Jigsaw's list, top list of people to, you know, right, because... appreciate life, because... yeah. Look, people smoke. You can whether or not like you, hey, you're not, they're, you know, people are gonna smoke. There's not like so. And then with like the next trap, you got freaking a secretary. She's just a secretary who's got a wife and kids, but she's got a family history of diabetes. She, you know, she's more likely to die sooner or later. And then this other guy who's healthy and fit, but he doesn't have a family. From what we've been given about Jigsaw, who you know doesn't murder, he doesn't believe. Well, he. Put that in air quotes. This isn't murder, and he doesn't believe in murder. He finds it distasteful, and he's trying to, you know, hurt. Pe- you know, show people who aren't valuing their life. If these are traps set by Jigsaw, he w- those people wouldn't be in there mm-hmm. because they're innocent. Yeah, it doesn't really make sense. It would. You would think 
that instead he would have taken somebody with like a a secretive lifestyle. Yeah. That's also it matches that. And like, okay, now you choose which one deserves it more. That would at least yeah. fit in with his criteria. If they, if they, yeah, but they haven't. But again, as I said, I don't think that it's Frick Hoffman that's yeah. set these up. I think it's, it's Jigsaw because he had all the envelopes. And the videos. And the video, yeah. And he created the videos. So that, yeah, that makes absolutely no sense. And then again, like the, the carousel trap. Where you have, you know, six, you know, the people that were in that, as you said, dog pit looking for, like, the, the people doing their jobs. Look, do you want, people are gonna, like, there are people, that's their job, to look for, like, things, you know, to deny people their coverage. Is that shitty? Absolutely. But you know what? If they're not gonna do it, somebody else is going to do it. Yeah. It's like the same thing, like, if you kill, like, this guy... It's, someone else is going to take over that insurance company and do the same thing. It's not you're not revolutionizing the insurance company system. Mm-hmm. Either way, it's still going to be if you have a serious disease and you need it taken care of, you better have fucking insurance, or you better have a shit ton of money, or you're fucked. Just mm-hmm. the way it is. And the whole game and trap for it, it, it does nothing to like try to show like. It's like pointing out this evil, but at the same time, it's offering no solutions. Yeah, that's true. It's so, not. So, that, you know, so the w- people that, like, that's their job. Again, that's their job. Mm-hmm. You, would you rather, like, if... Uh, uh, to me, like, again, it's like, yeah, it's like a shitty thing that they're... But again, that's how we have it set up. Because at the <laughs> you know, we don't have universal health care or anything, uh, anything like that. So you're saying if Jigsaw wanted change, he'd just vote. He'd be like, vote for universal <laughs> health care. Yeah. Make Medicaid and Medicare available to all, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think that that's, that's the biggest downfall of, like, what Saw does as it moves on. I mean, it, yes, it gets more intricate traps. It gets more tortury. Um, but at the same time, it's losing the, the ideas that it had with its main villain. It doesn't really have a grasp on that anymore. It just is trying to tie them all together into one ribbon, and it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Uh, not, not only that, but I, I again, like, like I don't. I think they have like they just have ideas, and they're just yeah, and they're they're just throwing them because again, it doesn't doesn't feel like anyone, like, thought any of this out. And, like, thought, like, maybe, like, oh, you know. You know, what do we do with this now? It doesn't really have a, a plan. Um, I think, let's, so, this film, again, is um, directed by a different person. You can tell. Kevin Grutter. You can totally tell this is direct, and I will, I will say, um, that is, this is one of the better things about this film the new direction yeah um they do keep some of that shitty jump cut shit but it's way toned down but it's it is toned down um, except the first part Mm -hmm. the first first part of the film it's not but the new direction it's not great it's not even good but it's welcome because the way they light things the way the things kind of set up and just look overall 
isn't like stomach churning bullshit. Yeah. And I will give this film that credit. That's what like kind of like and they still probably had the same direction from like the last film. It'd be even worse than Saw Five. Yeah. I but I think visually this is a more interesting film because they're not just putting everything in green. Um colors suit like what's going on in the scene. The lighting suits what's going on in the scene. And he comes back for Saw 3D as well, the last film. So you're going to get expect that as well for that last one, that he's not going to be using so many of those jump cut edits and so much of the green. So that's a good thing. That's a, that's a you know, I like to see that. That's a little bit of a, yeah, a welcome, a welcome uh, change from Saw 5. All right, we got to talk about the traps here. Um, Have you even mentioned them really? Just no, briefly. not really. Uh, what did you think of these traps? I liked them. Uh, I think they're pretty, uh, you know... They're interesting. I like them, but, like, again, I think the part where they fail is the fact that they involve people who are basically, you know... Yeah. Because, again, that goes against the whole... I mean, that that's more do the writing. But overall, I like, I like the idea of the traps. They're pretty... I think that some are really creative and then others are not. Like, you have that one trap where we talked about with the secretary and the, the single uh, guy without a family. And that one is really just they're on pedestals and they're slowly being, like, pulled off of them. While um, uh, William is trying to hold them with his chains and they're continually, like, being pulled mm-hmm. away from him. It's not really that, like intricate or creative but i mean i guess the visceral nature of it is like there's panic there you know you're getting that suspense of like he can't hold on forever again that that one's actually one of the least gory ones of this uh film but it is effective yeah i like that because again it's supposed to test like because he which one is he actually going to choose and he chooses the one that has has the family but she has a the family has a long line of diabetes instead of the healthy person that has no family because it's not so great as i said why didn't he just try you know that's another thing too with the jigsaw traps is they're supposed to somehow be a way you know to win to win and you don't have that in this film. No. You don't have it at all. There's no way to win uh, that we know of unless there is Nothing. a secret way. Well, the, but again, it's not it's not like again, not like hidden in plain sight. At least with like the other traps that we've seen that Jigsaw has made, not Amanda or not, you know, Hoffman uh his specific traps, but there's been ways in Jigsaw's specific traps for you to win. There's no way anyone can win in these games. No, I mean, and even in that just, carousel one... They're just literally tough. Yeah, in the carousel gonna, one... You're going to lose two-thirds of those people. Unless the way to win was if he did it for everybody. And it did, yeah, I mean, it, but there's no indication yeah. that he couldn't, but I don't know. There was no indication that it would have worked, you know. But, so, all the tra- Yeah, that's, that's another problem I have. Because, again, I do think these traps were set up by Jigsaw, so this whole... Him test... The way he's testing um the way he's testing you know like William yeah, William uh it just it's, it's really putting other like, innocent people in danger yeah. for no reason yeah I I get that it's, it is it, it doesn't really make sense within the what what Jigsaw is supposedly 
you know, standing for. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I like the traps. I like, uh, I like the, I think one of my favorite ones from this one is the, uh, the maze, the steam maze, um, which is like where the woman has to run through the steam maze mm -hmm. and William has the chance to release the steam and actually burn himself in mm -hmm. the process so that she can get through. I think that's pretty clever. I think that's like a, when it, it's again, like kind of like the ice scene from uh, Saw 3, mm -hmm. where it's more of a thinking game than anything else. It's like how much are you willing to suffer, suffer for yourself so that your partner can get through it. I, I like that one. I like the first trap that he runs into, and that's the breathing one. Yeah, that's a that's, that's a different one. That's real. That's clever. Granted, it does go against the whole like because uh, Janitor's one of them is gonna die. Yeah, but at the same time, if you do view it from the perspective, okay, maybe Jigsaw would punish this fucking Janitor because he's got high blood pressure, but he still smokes. You know, he... It's an addiction like... Yeah. Like heroin, not as bad, obviously, but, you know... It's still bad, still but, an addiction. but... He still has a chance to win. Either one of them could win. All they have to, you know, do is just hold their... Whoever can hold their breath the longest, and... But like I said, the smoker's already at a disadvantage. He's... He's he, already... You know, he's a smoker, so his lung capacity is going to be worsened. Yeah, but at the same time, that goes... Where it makes sense is the fact that Jigsaw saying even somebody like that could win because of their, of will. their will. Yeah, that yeah. that's where the and I'll, and that's why I like it because that does make sense. Yeah, that you know that part makes sense. So he could even still win because if he had you know the will to go on. Whereas you know like the next trap where you talked about with the chains and that's more just. William has to decide who lives and who dies. Yeah. yeah so. And the carousel, too, is there's, I mean, if if there is no other way to save, you know, the other four people, again, that's just another choice of who lives and who dies. And those other people, you know, whatever, fuck them. Doesn't matter, you know. So it, that, it, it, it doesn't. I don't know. It it doesn't really fit with his with his. Doesn't help sports. during that whole thing either. Too that everyone on that carousel is just screaming at the entire. Which we didn't watch with subtitles on. I wish we did because they were just screaming sh certain shit, and I couldn't understand what the hell they were saying. Like cause they're just yelling like. <laughs> yeah, I think some were like, "I have a family. I worked with you. I trusted you." I don't know, but I know one of them was like, "I practically break." She got blown away anyway. <laughs> You had one guy like, she's fucking lying. She's fucking, I'll give you a blowjob. <laughs> I don't think that was offered. Well, he would have needed it after the. Yeah. Um. But the, yeah, I like the first. Um, I do like the first trap of the movie. That was pretty nifty. Um, with the having you to give your pound of flesh. Yeah, that was pretty nifty. Um. And I found it funny, too, when the chick was trying to cut her arm off, and the guy's beating her by, like, cutting more and more of it. Like, it looks like he's, like, like, apparently he's, like, a surgeon. He's not. He's a banker. But, like, apparently he's, like, a surgeon. He's, like, if I cut here, this will just get rid of, you know, this useless Some cord. of my fat. Yeah. You know? And she's cutting her arm off, and when he, like, drops, like, another piece of, like, fat, and she's, like, 
fuck, that's not going to be enough. And moves it like, you started halfway hacking through her arm. It's like, fuck that. And then moves it up to like further up her arm. Like, that'll be about, you know, that'll be enough. That, uh, that's enough poundage, yeah. <laughs> that, that, was, that was really funny to me, actually. That was... Yeah, that's interesting that uh, she she won. She won the game, and we don't really see what happened besides her being in the hospital. And just being like... That's it. You know, because we did bad things, and not, you know, I won because... Will she be back? Will uh, Hoffman punish her again because she didn't really learn her lesson, obviously? When he questioned her, no. she didn't really... She said she didn't learn anything from it. Well, to be fair, after what happened to Hoffman in this film... Well, but he survived. I know, but I, if I were him, I'd be laying low. Because who people are gonna be like, "What the fuck happened to you?" Did you uh, did you like the return of the uh, bear trap there? Uh no, because that's just there for like, hey, look, the reverse bear trap, probably the most memorable trap of all the Saw films. I think it's there to like, um, what the indication is because he was always questioning Amanda. Mm-hmm. And he didn't really have a test of his own. So it was there as sort of a, like, can you survive what Amanda survived? Like, are you strong, as strong as Amanda was when you... Yeah, but he didn't, have a, he didn't have a key to, like, his thing. That's true. Yeah, he was pretty much kind of fucked. Yeah, he, I, had, he had to fit. He had... See, but that, that kind of goes to the whole thing of, like, the will to live. Yeah. That Jigsaw's been preaching in this film hard. Um, that goes back to like the whole does he have the will to live again? But Amanda's bear trap, she had a fucking key she could get to. She just had to cut open a guy. Yeah, he has to like fucking think on his feet and like slam through glass, jam it into like a window, so when it releases, it just it jam yeah. you know jams itself, and he can try to slip his way out and have you know only half his face fucking ripped off. Yeah. So no, he wasn't given. You didn't get the same, yeah, the same treatment that no, because he also had to smash his hand. He had to break his wrist. Yeah, yeah, just to I mean, get out of the. But that's I can I I'm fine with that. But I think it's more the fact there wasn't like a key or something to try to. Yeah, he had to basically like, you know jury. And right? and I don't think that it was planned by Jigsaw that he would be able to put that mask in the door. I mean, really, did he did he plan that no, he was supposed to smash so the that, mask? So that would be, yeah, so how would he get out of that if he yeah. didn't, like, think of something like that? So that basically would be him killing, yeah, be killing Hoffman, which, again, then goes against the whole... He doesn't kill. Yeah. Yeah. So, that it make, makes absolutely no sense. So, where would you rate Saw 6 in, uh... Well, did you want to talk about, like, all the, overall the twists and stuff? Well, we kind of did. We kind of talked about the twists. It was just like this the setup. Okay. So we talked about a little bit how like Jill's involvement how cuz we saw in the last film how she got she was, you know, sat down with Jigsaw's lawyer and watched the video and he left her something in a box and that's where you get the bear trap. I don't really care about that. Yeah. Um again, the whole Twist two. Just I don't know. I don't, you couldn't really uh, see that one coming. No, you could. I mean, again, but like, just her connection to like working 
with him because she does. She's working with him, like you know, to set things up. Yeah. Because he comes in there pissed off at her, you know, saying after this we're done. You know, you talk to me, but it's just I don't, I don't know. I'm having like a hard time digesting this right now. <laughs> I know it is. It's, it's, there's so much going on with it that is also so convoluted and unnecessary. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, we talked about the twist a little bit, and yeah, Jill is. I uh, we I think that there's definitely a problem with how they portrayed Jill as a character. I don't believe that she would just give up everything that she has convinced the police that Cause she, she's supposed to, she because she's supposed to be like Jigsaw's opposite. She believes you know in the good and like you know yeah you know that's why she's working with fucking you know with people who are drug addicts. Is because she thinks they can be rehabilitated and, you know, through normal caring means. And Jigsaw says, no, you gotta kind of, you know, test their will to 111. Yeah. And I don't believe that that's actually part of her character. That she would go along. Yeah, I'll, yeah, just out of, like, after he died and watching his will. She's like, oh, yep, you were right the entire time. You yeah. Know? Um, I think, like, the again, I think, like, Perez coming back was pointless. <laughs> I think they all they, what they should have just done is have it be like what they should have done for this film is just have Hoffman playing these games, but at the same time trying to lead Erickson away because like maybe Erickson thinks it's strong, he's trying to set it up, but then like Erickson's starting to kind of piece together like, wait a minute, this shit doesn't make sense. Yeah, and then just have it like Erickson kind of takes Strom's place. True, and then you could have. Somehow Hoffman ends up testing Erickson with whatever the fuck other games going on. There's got to be another game going on. So I think like having Perez there was unnecessary. I think the fact they made them both Erickson and Perez totally retarded, and just and how they did things. Yeah. Um. I think they bastardized Jigsaw in this with the way they write things, and I honestly don't know where the again. This film feels, as I was telling you with Saw 5 and how underwhelming and boring and nonsensical it was. Like, they better, like, I know it's kind of, it's the middle part of this new trilogy. For Saw 6, they better be, you know, damn sure it all connects. And this film feels very disjointed from yeah, the first. It, it does. The, only, the only connection between Saw 5 and Saw 6 is like, well, Strom was investigating Hoffman. He's dead now. Now Erickson's kind of, sort of, you know, doing that. But that, again, takes a big backseat to all of the different twists and turns that goes on. Yeah. Um, oh, we, we didn't... I don't remember what I wanted to talk about, too. We didn't talk about the end trap for how Williams' game ends. Yeah, that's true. Because um, that's, that's another twist, is that... Uh, that yeah that instead like we we've been seeing this this uh mother and her son and they're trying you know the film's trying to make us think that that's actually William's wife and his son because in one scene they they ask like why they're in the game and and she says it's because of your father but it's not because that William's an asshole it's because of a earlier scene that we saw where William denied a guy who had terminal illness his his coverage. Uh, coverage, and that's his wife and kids. And so he's forced to, or they're forced to make a decision whether he lives or dies. And the reporter that was reporting on Jigsaw 
is actually Williams's wife or girlfriend. Which which is a useless thing. We really yeah. didn't need that at all. No. Because she does nothing. No, she does nothing. She's a sensationalist reporter on Jigsaw. Like, what is she sensationalizing about a fucking serial killer? It's not like politics or anything like... I mean, the, the traps themselves are pretty sensational without needing exaggeration. I don't know what you would exaggerate about it. But her character is useless. I don't know why they included her at all, honestly. Didn't didn't no. make a lick of difference. No. If she was there or not. But yeah, so that ending... Um, yeah, I mean, but, not, but only, not only that, though, when the lady says, well, it's, we're here because you're a father. What did he do? We just hear... All we hear from him is when he goes to see Williams and that he got denied his coverage and he's going to die of his terminal illness. He's like, you just signed my death warrant. So what, did he do something bad, apparently, after, like, he was... Yeah, that... Like, we, we don't know, like, so... I mean, I, that was their game, actually, for closure, I guess, but I don't know why she would have said, we're here because of your father as though he had done something wrong yeah. where it would put them in a trap. Yeah. The same thing goes when she flicked the switch, uh, which they have a like a switch that's linked to hydrofluoric acid where it says live or die. And, and um, they put it on die, on like they leave it on die. And she goes over and she says, I think I know what this is for. And then she puts it on live. Why? No explanation. What did she think that was for? Because it didn't work. Yeah, because when the sun does it, it doesn't work. Yeah. Um, what did she think it was for when she said, I think I know what this is for? We have no idea. Not only that, when you find out all that, that twist ending, and that Williams was trapped, and she gets to decide, does he get to live for him basically signing your husband's death warrant, or should he die? And she says... You should, you know, you should die for doing that. I can't forgive you. But she can't bring herself to do it. And the son's like, I'll fucking do it. When they get out of there, William's wife just, or girlfriend just witnessed that. What's to stop her from being like, they're murderers. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, he did it. He they just the switch. Yeah. Which he gets, what happens is a trap of needles comes crashing into his back and pumps hydrofluoric acid into him and he just melts away. That's pretty awesome. It is. It is does, a cool trap. No, it does, that does look really cool. That's why I, I wanted to bring it out. Yeah. That, that is really cool. Um, but that makes no sense to me. Like, they're going to walk out hand in hand all together. Let's get ice cream now that I just feel <laughs> like. Yeah, that's like, true. Like, oh, I'm sorry that we killed your... Uh, you know, your husband, but he, he was a douche. Yeah. And again, that brings me back to the whole point. Like, oh, you just killed, like, the CEO of, like, an insurance company. They're going to just promote, like, the COO or whatever. Yeah. They're not, I'm like, well, time to close up shop. <laughs> <laughs> we we lost. Yeah. So. Well, stupid. How would you, how would you rank Saw 6 in the rest of the Saw franchise? <sighs> Slightly better than Saw Five. Wow, all right. Saw Five is still the worst, but it's slightly, and that's only because the direction is slightly more competent. So those are the two last ones, right? In four your... and five, right? And not four and five, five and six. Yeah, yeah, are like your last yeah. in the series. So it'd still be Saw One, then Saw Four, close behind it. Saw Two, Saw Three, then Saw Six, and probably Saw Five. Okay. How about the um? Rating what out of ten saw blades? What would you would you give it? Four out of ten. Four out of ten. Right. I think I closer s- closer to a five, but like, yeah. again, that's mainly only to do like I think the the directing. 
I think it's not like I'm not saying the directing is masterful or great, but it, it it's directing. Yeah, and I think the film has a much better and tolerable look to it. Though I think again, I think the the awareness of space and time doesn't exist. I think the plot is fucking god awful. At least with like see, Saw Five may have had like bad directing and bad lighting and bad editing, but at least like Strom made it like interesting. Yeah, and made it like enjoyable. Here it's just you don't really have any interesting personalities acting wise because I still don't find Costas Mandalore as Hoffman to be very interesting or. And I think he's a he's very bland and boring. Yeah. Uh, that might be because they don't really give him anything to do. And not only that... not really have much to do in this one. I mean, not only that, though, I just think... I like, After watching all these films, I don't understand why people like Tobin Bell. I'm not saying he's a bad actor. Not at all. I just don't think any of these films, they have given him shit. Besides Saw 2, where he just basically is spending the entire film having a conversation with Donnie Wahlberg. He hasn't done anything. Yeah, he doesn't he's really just, get that much either. He's just there. At least he has like one moment in the last film where he has like a good moment where he's testing Hoffman and he you know flips out saying you know he, that he, how he finds killing distasteful, you know that's interesting, but overall he doesn't have much to do in any of these films. Mm-hmm. So I I just, I don't understand you know how he somehow it's how he's you know become so revered. Mm-hmm. I just I just I just don't understand it. Yeah, but I again I think this film's slightly better than Saw Five. It's only for the directing, but again, story. Uh, now I'm like even more curious. Like, how is Saw Seven? What is Saw Seven gonna be? Hoffman limping around with like like the fucking Phantom of the Opera. Now that his face has been half torn. of his face, his face got half of his face got ripped off in that reverse bear trap. He's just gonna wear a mask and live in like some warehouse, like just trapping kids that come by and then sing songs. Yeah. I guess we'll find out. We'll find out next week. I don't know. We'll find out. I just... I, just, I can't wait for <laughs> And we'll move on to something else. Like, this This really is becoming taxing, because it's just like... And, I, and again, I would love for people to, you know, who love this franchise, please tell me otherwise. What am I missing? Yeah. What is not, like, clicking with me? Or maybe it could be I'm, you know... Maybe you're onto something. <laughs> Maybe they're uh, thinking, "Yeah, you're you're on the right track there." Yeah. That's why I like it. Doesn't make sense. <laughs> um, I I just gotta get mine real quick. I said I think yeah. I would give it a five. Five, five, probably. It's, I don't remember what I gave Saw Five, but it's, I think I think uh, gave it six. It's basically around that. You know, I I don't really think either one of them is that great. So, well, which is your least favorite so far? Uh Yeah, I think Saw Five is one is probably my least favorite. It's really not that good. I would say Saw Six is down there as well. It's not. I th- now, like I said, we're getting to that point where I don't remember. I don't remember Saw Six at all when I first saw it. Don't remember it at all. So that should tell you something. Like I don't even own it on DVD. I thought hmm. I did. I don't. So I probably didn't care enough any at this point to just seek them out. I feel like now, like like it's this was like reminding me like Halloween. Whereas, like, you're getting, like, Halloween 5 and 6, and you're like, oh, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. At least Halloween 4 is good. Yeah. Now it's, like, just, like, what are you doing? You're getting to that point where it's, why continue it? 
What like what are you doing to yourselves? Yeah. We will uh, be back next week with Saw 3D, the final chapter, finishing out our Halloween series. Please just call it Saw Seven. Saw Seven. I don't want to hear Saw three... 3D, the final chapter. Yeah, that's just call it that every single every single time I mention it. <laughs> um. So uh, tune in for the last episode in our Halloween series. Um. So that'll be next week. Uh, then after that, I don't know what we're doing. I know what we're doing. You do? Yeah. What is it? Idiocracy. Oh, yeah, that's right. You said that. Idiocracy. We're going to take a break from the horror. That's to, right. Well, I guess... Horror a, of a different sort. I guess in a fun way, you could call it Idiocracy a horror film. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I we got some administrative duties. Uh, you can uh, like us on Facebook... We're on there as Blood and Black Rum Podcast. We post our episodes up there. We post a few updates, not a whole lot. So uh, give us a like. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us a nice review, hopefully five stars. If you don't uh, want to leave us a five-star review, you're thinking something a little bit lower than that, please contact us and let us know what we're not doing well so that we can fix it. Uh, you can email us at bloodandblackrumpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know any movie movie suggestions that you want to uh have covered on the podcast we can talk about uh the christmas episodes that we're going to be doing uh coming up in december and what kinds of christmas movies you want and we're always open to emails and any fan mail from you so thanks um you can find us on twitter blood and black rum podcast it's i don't use it that much martin is really supposed to be the the person who operates that but he hasn't done it yet so um he doesn't have a Twitter, so it's perfect for him, but I don't know. We haven't done it yet. But I do post our, our new episodes on there. Uh, we also have a website, bloodandblackrumpodcast.wordpress.com. I do post all the episodes up on there. You can find every episode on there as a post. Uh, listen to them. You can uh, easily subscribe and stuff from the website as well. Um, so we do encourage using that website. We're on SoundCloud. That's where our episodes go up first. You can follow us on SoundCloud. Um, Blood and Black Rum podcast on there as well. Um, you can get those are, are the episodes that uh, pop up first. So when we post them on Wednesday nights at like eleven thirty p.m., you can catch them first thing. It's great. Um, I think that about wraps it for us. I don't really have any more administrative things to talk about. So uh, we'll be back next week with the last episode in our Halloween series for Saw 3D, the final chapter. Still referring to it as that. And uh, hopefully you'll tune in and let us know what you thought about this Halloween series. Let us know what we should do next year for Halloween. Hellraiser. Hellraiser? That's a a good series until it's not. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Uh, So, anyway. I just said that because I've never seen the Hellraiser films. You've never seen even the first one? No. Oh, my God. We do need to do that then. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we will see you next week. Thanks for maybe, listening. Maybe we should do something that I'm more versed in. Yeah. Just do like Scream. Oh, uh, yeah. That's true. Be, cli- be cliche. Like, we're going to tackle Scream next. That's a quick foursome. So that could be done in one month. You got to do a TV show now. I mean. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, a TV show is not that good. Like Scream 3. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. We're going to wrap it. Take care. <laughs>